Payments is an industry that has an incredibly wide moat. Throughout my career, I've, I've evolved with payments technology. The world of financial services are you know, changing quite quickly. I always knew I was going to start my own company. Welcome to InCheck with FinTech. Welcome everyone to another episode of InCheck with FinTech organized by PCN. My name is Andre van der Westezen, and on the show, we introduce CEOs, founders, and executives from the fintech space, exploring their companies, market trends, and developments. Today, we have the pleasure of having Kiba Vasili, CEO at Syncedia and Associate Professor at the University of Campinas, join us. We'll be covering your 18 years of experience, the key takeaways building towards Syncedia's inception, where it is now, and how it all took root in your love of Formula One. Welcome to the show, Kiba. Thank you very much, Andrea. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's such it's a pleasure. A pleasure. <laughs> I'd love to explore the milestones on your and Sincedia's uh, business journey. So from the age of 12, when you wrote your first code to launching Sincedia in 2007, what sparked your interest in what is essentially digital transformation, right? Um, yeah, uh, um, I was a huge fan of Formula One. So I started developing uh, my first lines of code at age of 12, as, as you mentioned. Um, the first uh, uh, application that I wrote was to manage the Formula One season. So it was a kind of uh, database with uh, uh, the, yeah. the, the drivers, the, the teams, the, the, the tracks uh, to manage Whoa. who is leading the championship and, and this kind of stuff. So. Uh, mm. I kind of transformed uh, a passion in, into uh, some fun coding sessions. <laughs> it was was pretty cool. Um, after that, I, I started uh, um, uh, the computing uh, computing engineering uh, um, um, university uh, mm. at the University of Campinas, uh, and then after that was a series of uh, events that. To the uh, to the IT space, um, I worked as a as a, a developer in the beginning. After that, as a, a software architect, a product manager, and then in 2007, uh, I founded Sincedia as a spin-off from another company. Uh, I used to work at CINT, uh, hmm. which is a software development uh, and digital hmm. transformation company, and uh, we developed kind of. Um, uh, component management solution back within CINT. And then we transformed that as the first product uh, for Sincedia in 2007. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, it was the, the, the route for uh, the integration space, um, component reuse, which led us to the, to the API space uh, mm -hmm. later on. So that was the, the beginning of everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Geez. So with an entrepreneur of over 18 years of tech experience, you've you know, you've got an MBA, which you later specialized into innovation and entrepreneurship at, at Stanford. You're also a founding partner at Innova Ventures. So from all of this past experience, what are if if there are any key takeaways at, at each milestones of a professional career? And how did the culmination of this experience um, aid your journey uh, to this point? Yeah, in the, in the beginning, it was uh, pretty much tech-focused uh, in terms of software development, acquiring mm. new skills, new programming languages, uh, how to get a better 
um, understanding of the overall solutions. So uh, acting as a, a software architect. So uh, I developed a very strong technical background at the time. Um, but obviously I started to uh, enter the management uh, space as well. So I started to manage some products, develop some skills in terms of budgeting, mm -hmm. uh, product roadmap uh, mm -hmm. to envision uh, the strategy and to, to plan for that. Within this first uh, stage of my career uh, at CINT, uh, after that we we had uh, a vision that uh, some initial products could become a new a new enterprise um, as a spin-off. Uh, so we moved out from CINT. Uh, CINT uh, uh, was still a, a, a shareholder of Sincere. And it started to focus uh, on developing a particular product to address uh, some needs related to software development and architecture uh, reuse. Um, and uh, that was the first adventure as, a, as a, an entrepreneur. Um, so I had to start uh, to master marketing skills, uh, sales skills. Uh, and obviously, I brought some very talented people to, to join our journey. So my co-founder, Marcelio, uh, he's focused pretty much in marketing and sales space. Uh, he has a, a natural talent to create mm. long-lasting relationships. Uh, and I'm pretty much more focused on developing the, the strategy, the product, uh, product strategy, the vision of, of the company. And also to uh, engage our, our teams to create um, world-class solutions. So um, it is it was very important to uh, to bring uh, the right people with a complementary uh, set of skills. Uh, this is very important uh, um, for the beginning of the company, and obviously uh, throughout the journey, uh, it continues mm. to be very important to to have uh, talented people to. Um, um, to work with, and uh, um, I, I had some uh, um, some new skills uh, related to uh, to innovation, how to manage innovation, how to better address uh, current needs with future vision uh, uh, features and positioning. Uh, that mm -hmm. is a particularly uh, important uh, um, yeah. kind of skill set to have. And more recently, uh, we started our uh, international expansion. So Sensilia was founded uh, in Brazil in a city called Campinas, close to Sao Paulo. It's a tech hub uh, uh, in Brazil. And uh, since 2017, we started our international expansion, first to other countries in Latin America, such as Peru and Colombia, and uh, in 2019 to Europe, so uh, UK, Switzerland, uh, Germany. So we are developing um, the first set of clients uh, in Europe. And uh, later this, this year, yeah, we're, we're starting uh, the US operation as well. So uh, we are aggressively uh, expanding internationally. So this is a, mm. a whole new world of uh, um, of uncertainties and, 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 and new uh, challenges that we are um, uh, addressing right now. So it's very, uh, very engaging, very, very fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, a very innovative and evolving time at the moment, right? Um, 
I mean, yeah. everyone's tired of hearing about COVID, but digital transformation got, I think I read an article, it was advanced by seven years compared to the projections that were initially pre-pandemic. And that that is pretty startling, but of course, great for anyone in the tech space. So it's it's incredible that Sincida serves over 140 enterprise clients across, across the globe, like you mentioned. So you deliver a leading API management platform, right? And you deploy adaptive governance, an events hub, service mesh, cloud connectors, and strategic professional services teams. So drawing from all of those different facets, what are the current key challenges faced by organizations in your experience? Right, yeah. This, uh, there is the um, uh, architectural challenges because uh, those organizations, uh, we've served pretty much the enterprise market. Uh, so normally they have a complex IT environment with uh, a different set of uh, existing applications. Some of them were developed in-house. Some of them are packages that they uh, acquired in the market. And they have to integrate uh, everything and to provide um, new engaging digital, uh, digital uh, interfaces for their, their clients. Uh, and there is a challenge in terms of uh, how to create um, a cloud native or how to uh, move towards a more cloud native architecture mm -hmm. uh, in order to be able uh, to manage all the, the traffic, the elasticity that is needed uh, when the company is, is growing. So uh, we have been helping uh, clients to create a, um, a more uh, complete view uh, about their, their, uh, in their architecture uh, and how to evolve over time. So mm. um, migrating some legacy applications into new microservices uh, infrastructure, for, for example, this is uh, one very hot topic that we have been helping our, our clients with. Uh, normally exposing APIs for modern apps to connect uh, mm -hmm. and to create a very um, uh, good user uh, experiences. Yeah, it's like value-added services and all the restaurants. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Berlin, we're here and ready for your hiring needs. After some short time considering it, we've decided to set up business in Germany meaning we can be closer to clients and allow room for new business. We're set up and ready to help find your ideal candidates, help build teams, and offer up media services. People create networks. I'm very interested in, in the governance aspects um, of what you guys deliver. So how significant is, I want to call it reg tech, uh, to delivering digital services in different jurisdictions, and how flexible or adaptive do you need to be in you know what sort of time frames to to be as for the you know any sort of changes that come up regulation wise to be as least impactful as possible yeah the the governance uh, context is very broad right uh, um, mm. and uh, we have been uh, working with uh, organizations on, on different uh, different aspects of, of it for example there is a, uh, an internal uh, point of view when the company gets more experienced on uh, on their api strategy how they connect uh, different applications uh, it gets more complicated uh, so we have mm. clients with hundreds thousands of internal apis and integrations 
and they need to deliver that on a uh, uh, on a more organized way to avoid duplication of services, to avoid uh, disruption, or sometimes if one service go, uh, goes down, it, it may impact other applications that the company even didn't know that would be impacted. So this is the internal uh, architectural governance. Um, there is also the regulation part. So uh, we have been working uh, very closely to uh, banks adopting the open banking, um, the open banking, uh, um, uh, all the regu uh, regulatory uh, aspects of the open banking. So being able to uh, manage all the cons all the user consent to access th their data. And, um, and very other aspects uh, related to, to um, all those new regulations. And uh, obviously, uh, the banking sector is um, moving uh, fast towards that direction, uh, recognizing that the, the owner of the data is the user, right? And, and the banks are kind of the, the guardians uh, uh, of the data there. Um, but if the user consent uh, sharing uh, the data, uh, the bank would do that. And uh, but uh, in our view, uh, open banking is just the first step. Um, uh, a lot of other uh, open finance on a more broad um, view of of uh, which services would be uh, shared uh, with the same concept of being open. Uh, but we, we have been um, uh, experiencing also um, other, other industries moving towards that direction. For example, uh, open insurance, is, uh, we have been uh, uh, discussing with several clients in the insurance space that they also would like to expose uh, the APIs to external fintechs and other uh, partners to uh, integrate with. Um, healthcare, for example, there is a, a lot of discussion uh, regarding um, healthcare um, uh, sharing uh, data uh, as well. So mm -hmm. in the future, we, we'll see um, a lot of more industries kind of adopting this uh, mindset of, of open stuff, right? And, yep. uh, and the governance is, a, is a, an important uh, perspective of that uh, being compliant with the regulations, obviously, but also there is the challenge of how to address the business opportunity of it, right? Because one, one point is to be uh, compliant with the, the regulations, uh, sharing the correct APIs with the, uh, uh, with the availability uh, of those APIs, but also how to uh, engage with the right partners uh, and to take business advantage of it. So creating new products or yeah. establishing new partnerships, uh, creating new digital channels through the APIs. So uh, we have been uh, working a lot with uh, our clients in terms of uh, the, the understanding of the, the business opportunity that the regulation uh, brings uh, to, to the table. Hmm. And then in your experience, is there, is there quite a big difference between emerging and established markets when it comes to, to government, governance or, or regulations? Uh, it, 
for the open banking, for example, uh, there mm. are uh, initiatives throughout the, the world. So mm. uh, Europe, it's kind of uh, one step uh, ahead of the other markets in terms of regulation. Uh, yeah. Sometimes is a government mandated uh, regulations. Uh, sometimes it's pretty much more focused on market needs. So uh, in the US, for example, we don't see uh, uh, regulation. There are some movements towards some uh, standards uh, for uh, APIs, uh, interfaces, and, and data models, but it's not um, um, kind of government mandated uh, uh, standard. In Brazil, for, for example, it's a, a Febraban, which is the um, uh, Banco Central, the central bank of, of Brazil. Uh, they are um, pushing the regulation, uh, so it's a government-mandated uh, uh, hmm. point of view. Uh, but there is Mexico, Australia, uh, throughout the world, there are different aspects and, and, uh, and different forms of uh, the open banking, particularly for the open banking market. Uh, so there are different flavors of it. And uh, depending on if it's uh, mandated or if it's uh, more market-driven, uh, there are several different uh, opportunities and, and, and perspectives to be explored, uh, depending on how uh, the subject is, is, uh, uh, is being pushed. Hmm. We started PCN 12 years ago with a view to serving the fintech community from a growth perspective. Since 2008, PCN has helped household names in fintech as well as the largest global merchants grow with the best talent who have specific financial technology experience. If you are a VC with a portfolio of fintech businesses, a scale-up looking to hire the best talent, or a merchant looking to hire a head of payments or an entire payments team, get in touch today for a no-obligation consultation on how PCN can help you accomplish your hiring goals. So then what are key building blocks for a more modern architecture? Yeah, awesome. Uh, we see that uh, when the companies are, uh, the need for them to be more, more agile, more resilient, uh, for example, because of the pandemic, uh, a lot of organizations had to create new digital channels, had to, move to, to the digital space much quicker. Uh, and uh, very often the, the underlying architecture was not ready, uh, prepared to, uh, to face that challenge. So uh, companies um, moving towards a, a more modern architecture, uh, they normally invest in microservices. So they break the uh, monolithic application, uh, which is normally uh, a large piece of software that is deployed uh, at one time in one place to um, a bunch of smaller pieces that are independently deployed. Mm -hmm. and they can be also in the independently uh, uh, scaled depending on, on the traffic, depending on and the user, uh, how how the the users are actually uh, using the, the 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 mobile apps, for example, 
so this is one very important uh, element. Uh, so breaking the monolith into more modular uh, elements, which is normally referred to as, um, as microservices. Uh, another uh, element is uh, how uh, the, the new digital experiences, such as mobile apps or integration with external partners, how they uh, reach to those microservices. And the technology uh, responsible for that normally is a, a set of APIs. So organizations are exposing those features, those uh, uh, that data through uh, APIs. And there's obviously the need for managing the access uh, to those APIs. So it's very important mm -hmm. to uh, understand the traffic to uh, avoid um, security breaches. Uh, uh, so when, when the company is exposing uh, interfaces and data, obviously the security part is very important. So uh, normally mm -hmm. uh, API management platforms handle that. Uh, and uh, we understand that in order for uh, the company to be seen as a more agile, uh, there is a concept of uh, the composable enterprise. So breaking the monolith into more modular pieces, exposing APIs and also events, uh, when a payment event happen, when a new order comes in, uh, you can notify uh, other applications within the, the underlying technology. So those are uh, some key building blocks for uh, delivering a more composable architecture, a more modern architecture, uh, which is very important to, to have in terms of uh, addressing business opportunity, uh, business agility, uh, and, mm. and resilience as well. Yeah, and like like you mentioned, the the demands of the of the new open world. I think it's 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 a very inclusive and comprehensive solution. That. Um, so now, in closing, um, Sensidia organizes the APIX or APEX, the biggest API and open finance event in Latin America. Um, do remember to check that out. And you guys are looking to expand into the US in the second quarter or second semester of this year. Um, love to hear more about that. Yeah, the the Apex is a uh, is an event that we run since 2015. Uh, pretty much focus on uh, those underlying architecture components such as APIs, microservices, uh, uh, event-driven architecture, uh, and also on the open uh, the open the future open world, uh, open finance, uh, open insurance. Um, it used to be in uh, in Latin, but now it's a pretty much uh, an international event because uh, it's uh, everything online. Uh, yes. At least this year will be online, and the event will be uh, uh, held in uh, in September. Um, and regarding the the international expansion, um, we we have been expanding to Europe since two thousand nineteen. So now we have uh, operation in, in the UK, uh, Germany. Uh, clients in Switzerland and Lithuania as well. Uh, and we are uh, planning and, and working to open our operation in the US in the second semester. Uh, so uh, we are developing some business opportunities over there. It's the largest market uh, in the world. Uh, and uh, it's impossible to ignore, obviously. And um, 
probably in the following uh, months we will we'll have uh, a lot more news uh, about that sounds very exciting i think we'll have to have you back on in six months exactly <laughs> thanks a lot for being on the show it was an absolute pleasure to have you thank you thank you very much for 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 inviting me and thank you to our audience for tuning into this week's episode of in check with fintech if you haven't already don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcasting platform and we'll see you next week with a fresh installment Thanks for listening, and we'd like to leave you with a more serious message from our partner Free Your Girl, who are dedicated to fighting child prostitution and impunity all over the world. Hi, I'm Eveline, CEO and founder of Free Your Girl. Every day, two million children, especially girls, are being held captive worldwide. They are locked up and exploited in brothels, dance bars, or online, forced into sexual exploitation. Their freedom is taken away together with their youth, family and future. We are dedicated to fight sexual exploitation of children by rescuing these girls. Please join us, unlock their freedom and unlock your potential by becoming a business partner. Please visit freeagirl.com for more information. Thank you.